Welcome to the Confidence in Christ podcast. I'm Kayla, and I'm here to offer you the opportunity to grow in your confidence of the Lord. Through interviews with friends, simple and practical scripture application to your life, and some good old-fashioned tough love at times, you will be more equipped to have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ after hanging out here with us. I'm a woman just like you who loves the Lord with all of my heart and is doing my best to follow His will for my life. Meeting you here weekly and passing on the knowledge He has given me is part of what that looks like. I am so honored that you're here and I can't wait to help you get to know God in new and exciting ways through the podcast. Welcome, welcome and happy Valentine's Day. I hope that today you know how much God loves you and that God's love just surrounds you and fills you and just completely covers you from head to toe. That you know that Jesus loved you so much that he came He died on the cross for your sins and then he rose again to give you the opportunity to accept that free gift and be with him forever in eternity, in heaven, in just this beautiful kingdom that is so perfect. And he did that because he loves you, because God loves you so, so much. So know today that you are so deeply loved by a God who created you and knows you inside and out. And knowing that should bring a smile to your face because no matter what you've done, he so deeply loves you. Today is the conclusion of the conversation we started last week with Ken and Rachel White. We are talking about biblical marriage. Myself and my husband Cody um, were kind of the co-hosts of this and we were just so blessed to be able to talk with them. So I am so excited to just introduce you again to Ken and Rachel and we are going to finish up this conversation. Let's dive in. I, I love, we've given like so many practical tips. Um, I love that everything just keeps coming back to Jesus. Like we've just got to stay focused on him. If couples are hungry for this, but they mm-hmm. just don't know how, because like I, it's, I'm with you. It's still half awkward to pray out loud over my husband, which again, I think is just the most ridiculous thing and totally, yeah. but like how, if you've never done that before and it would be a completely foreign land for you. And maybe your spouse is on board, but not like fully on board. How how do we like start? Because getting a rhythm in your home of reading the Bible, whether it's together or separate, and then you come together and talk about it, praying together, praying over each other, like it starts out super awkward because the enemy doesn't want you to do it. And he'll make it feel awkward from time to time. But like, what, what encouragement can we give those couples? What encouragement can we give Maybe just the one of the two spouses of like, all right, this is how you kind of start that conversation of, hey, this is something that's really important to God. So it needs to be important to us. Like, how do we get the ball rolling if that's not where our marriages are quite yet? Can I expound it even further? Like when, when I was in Christ and he was outside of Christ, there were very specific things that I did to... I drag you to Christ. I don't know. I don't know what to say. (laughs) um, He was adamant that he wanted really nothing to do with it. I would occasionally um, invite him to church, maybe three times total from January to June or July, whenever you started June. I don't know. I think by the time May kicked around, it was a weekly, it was a weekly occurrence. We're in church and coming. No, 
but I wouldn't push it. I wouldn't say you no, have to come you, to church. you would leave it there. But it was it was a weekly. You would throw it out there as yeah. almost like a courtesy, like should you want to go? Yeah. <laughs> but he I'm just trying to explain where you were at. Mm -hmm. You really didn't want anything to do with it. You would listen to my rantings because I rant a lot. It's uh talking is a superpower. So he would listen to all of it, but you could almost see like, this woman is crazy. She won't stop. If, if I listen, maybe she'll stop talking to me. Um, but I, I, and I read, is it first Corinthians where they talk about uh, wives submitting to your husbands? I think it's first Corinthians. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I wrote it. I remember this so vividly. I circled it in my Bible and off on the note section on the side, I put only if he's in Christ and that is crossed out so many times now. And I'm like, that little girl was ignorant because that does, it does not say that there is not a clause that says submit only when he's right. Mm. It says submit to your husbands. So what I found myself doing um, was I fully submitted even with him outside of Christ. I prayed every night over him. He didn't know it because again, that fear inside of me, but I thought he would, it would chase him away. So I did it like in my mind, but every night while falling asleep, I put my hand on his chest and I would pray and pray and pray and pray until I fell asleep. Sometimes it was hours. Sometimes it was five minutes because I was exhausted, but I, I did it every single night and I spent every waking second in the word. I was constantly in my Bible and I, I didn't, shy away from communication so I would constantly be like this is what I learned today and I mean he bless his heart he would be like mm, mm -hmm, cool or like he would acknowledge that I spoke but nothing it was I don't know if it went over his head or he just didn't care what I was saying at all but I think it starts if your husband or significant other is outside of Christ I really can't speak to males I, I can really only speak to females um submit and let your husband see the change that has happened to you, in you because they'll want that. Like I was full of anxiety and I, I just, I was a hot mess. <laughs> and then Christ came in and I completely changed and he got to see that I wasn't anxious anymore, that I wasn't taking those anxiety medications, that I was um, like hungry for the word and it excited me. And I think that that made a difference on his willingness to do anything because I didn't say, why aren't you going to church? Like I never yelled at him. I wasn't aggressive. I just worked on myself. And when I worked on myself, it created this atmosphere where he was like, maybe there's something to it. Maybe, maybe he could change me. If he changed that mess, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> um, but so I think that's what I would say to people that have that marriage that is is so hard to deal with where one is outside of Christ and one is inside of Christ. Praying over each other, even if it's not out loud, like that's okay. Um, or like communicating and sharing what you're learning. I think that's huge. Um, Submission. Around the dinner table. And even if you aren't solely focused on Christ to begin with, but pointing everything back to Christ, I think is a great way to start that. So like with our kids, like we'll sit down and we ask like, okay, like, what was exciting at school today? Or they'll might be like, Oh, like they'll like vent about something. We're like, okay, well, like 
wh where did Christ come in? Like, how do you see Jesus in that? Or what would he have asked you to do differently? Or just like bringing that up and it, it piques everybody's interest a little bit and focuses more on Christ. I think that's something that we do, but what do you, what do you yeah. I still like submission. I think submission is where I went off on that tangent because that's where it started with us. But um, I mean, it, it tells women in the Bible to submit and it's not to our detriment. It's to yeah. help us in the marriage and yeah, submit. Well, it's it, the hardest one, I think. Like Rach, like you mentioned in terms of, you know, your, your, your first ministry is in your home. And if, if you've got a fire or say you both have a fire, you just haven't decided to collectively go, Hey, let's, let's put these together and let's make a bigger fire here. So we can both stay warm. You know, it's the, the servant heart, mm. I believe is where, where really, at least, at least from my perspective, everything should start. Because if you, again, are still only focused on self in your pursuit of Christ, you're still missing the mark. Mm -hmm. I've, I've had this mindset for, for a while and, you know, I'll, I'll say, yeah, you know, I had this mindset out in the world, but it's, it's truly been able to be amplified in Christ that my goal is to get in terms of my relationship with Christ as close as I can possibly get while here on this earth. But in that goal, I also want to take as many people with me as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm only going to take you as far as you're willing to go. Yeah. So if I see, you know, if, if for any reason, you know, I see that, you know, Rachel's dropped off and hung back in a certain spot, you know, seasonally that'll happen. But you, you still have to look at it with that servant mindset of, well, you dropped off. That's your problem. Now I'm going to keep going. Okay. I see, I see the fires maybe dwindling a little bit here. How do I figure out how to help you? You know, whether it's through prayer, whether it's, you know, finding the answer in scripture, the Holy Spirit revealing it to me, how do I help you stoke that fire? Mm -hmm. How do we reenact that passion? It's less about winning the race for ourselves and more about trying to get everybody to cross the finish line. Mm. Yeah, it's, 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 turned in, it's turned into a team sport. Now it's no... It's no, yep, I won, cool. Yeah. I'll see you guys later. I mean, I get the biggest trophy. Yay. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's back to that one flesh. Like, once God puts you together and you're that one flesh in Christ, like, he doesn't see, like, yes, he sees you individually, but, like, he sees you as one because you are one flesh in him, reunited with the two of you plus Christ. And I think it's, we forget that sometimes because the world tells us that's not a thing. Like, no, do, do you like, it's all about you where when you're in Christ, it's like, that's actually about following me and doing what I want you to do. Um, okay. And I love that, that servanthood. Like, I think that's been a big thing that I've noticed between us is just that servant like focus too is like, I, I want to make, his life as easy as I can so he can follow Christ and not hinder that. But I want him to take me along with him because I, I want to do this together. How would you say that we, what do we do to do the servant part of our marriage? I think stuff like if I have like a sore shoulder, this is like something small, but like if my shoulders hurt or something like, like 
he gives me a massage and it's like so selfless or if I if something happens and like I can't go get the kids from school like he's like it's okay I got it and vice versa if something comes up for you and you can't go get the kids like I'm like okay don't worry about like so we give each other that freedom to know like I've got your back just like Christ has our back like it's we're not leaving each other out to dry it's we're in this together whether it's for the kids or whether it's for or what each of us is pursuing in Christ or what that looks like. Um, I found part of that scripture and I'm going to read what you guys were talking about, like the submit to your um, husbands and things like that. Um, it's in Ephesians 5, uh-huh. 21 through, I don't know. I'm going to read until it stops making sense. Uh, <laughs> submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church, without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they fed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to the wife, and the two will become one flesh." And I just think like it just it sums up everything that we've been talking about. And I so the next one is the next verse is verse 32. It says, This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. However, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So it's a marriage helps us reveal the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Because the mystery is Christ and his love and his sacrifice for us. So like it's revealing that to us. It's again, just that, that agreement, that covenant that shows us how much Christ really, really does love us. And we are just supposed to be examples of that. Um, what do you think? I have a note here. Oh, read it. Um, it says, uh, when it says husbands love your wives, we love to quote that. Right. Like right. his wife's it's like, love your wife. Like Christ loves the church. Right. But there's more to that than just that. And, mm-hmm. um, so we forget the purpose of the husband's love. It isn't just to make you feel better. It's to cleanse you, make you holy. Yeah. And uh, too many Christians walk around going, you need to love me. Like Christ loves the church, but it's in a selfish way. <laughs> like you need to buy me for more things, like yeah. buy me more flowers or make me feel better about myself. Tell me my butt looks good in these jeans, but really it's to mm-hmm. cleanse you and the love that comes from him. It isn't a selfish love and it isn't to get something out of you. It's, it's to wash me with the word. And that's what love looks like. Yeah. Well, and, and, and the love of Christ, you know, yes, he died on the cross, brought salvation. But when it, when it comes to what we're taught in scripture, we're not to love the world. So, so to, for us to emulate his love, it shouldn't look like the world and the material goods, Mm -hmm. the, you know, physical appearance, anything like that. It's, it is that spiritual uplifting. 
But I think what else gets lost in the shuffle is the extension of grace and mercy in seasons of struggle mm-hmm. and times of faltering and things like that. And it's and it's not one-sided by any means. Yeah. And it's it's one of those where it was, you know, it was put on me a while ago that why why would you not extend grace and mercy to somebody that desperately needs it in that situation? But yet when you falter, mm-hmm. you're gonna the first thing you're gonna do is, well, it's God, insane. thank you for your grace, thank you for your mercy, because I expect it, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm nobody important that I'm the only one that has access to his grace and mercy that are made new every day. And that's a reminder that we should be extending that same grace that we expect from God. Mm-hmm. Freely, like not putting like no strings attached. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, okay, I forgave you. Where are my flowers? Like none of that. Like it is right. just out of sheer love. And because of what you've received from Christ, like you're supposed to give that out just like mm-hmm. he gave it to us. I love yeah. that. That's great. That's great. Oh my goodness, we've talked about so much. This has been so much fun. Um, do you guys have any like last things that you're like, take this away as encouragement, like remember this or focus on this or anything for those that are like, this is amazing. I want more of this. Um, and they're going to take some of the things that we've talked about and implement them. Like any encouragement for them? Last words? Don't give up. Like too, too often, if I could say anything, it's this too often we get comfortable in what the marriage currently looks like, or what you think it might look like when we forget that God is a God of miracles and he's a God of transformation. And he's a God that wants to show off. Like if your expectation for your marriage is just a little bit better, God wants a new creation, even in your marriage. He wants to completely transform your marriage. He wants that marriage working at peak performance because that's where he gets all of his glory. So too often we minimize God and we don't let him work to his fullest capacity because we're like, well, we're just reaching for the bottom shelf. We're not going to reach for the top shelf. We want just good enough. Yeah. And God wants us to ask <clears throat> big, hard things. He wants <clears throat> us to come to him and say, I'm not comfortable with a comfortable marriage. Mm-hmm. I want to be uncomfortable in my marriage because that's where growth happens. And I want, I want what you want out of my marriage, mm-hmm. not just comfort and somebody that brings me flowers. Although flowers would be great. Don't, don't pressure luck. I like flowers. <laughs> Don't, don't press your luck. Um, um, yeah. Especially, especially if you're, especially if you're in a rut, you know, you're looking for, you're, you're looking for a, a chance to start fresh. Use, honestly, use today to hit the reset button. Mm-hmm. Look at it as, as corny or cheesy as it might sound and be like, you know what? Hey, today, we're going to say today's day zero. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to start from scratch. This is a chance to, to build what we have committed to each other in terms of making covenant in front of God. Every day is a new chance to say, this is ground zero. Mm-hmm. Because far, like, like, like Rachel, you said, you know, we get in a, we get in a place of comfort. We want to stagnate there because it's comfortable. It's what we know is what's familiar. Like she said, growth doesn't come out of that. If you're not looking for growth, you're, you're probably in the wrong place. Listen to this, but when it comes down to it, treat every day as ground zero. Not, well, we built here yesterday. 
well, here's my starting point. No, it's ground zero. Every day is a new day to make something new, to make something better, and and to just focus on the task at hand. And don't let the devil talk you out of it. And, and when you when you get too focused on well, what's tomorrow gonna look like? Let me find it real quick. Uh, Matthew six thirty four. I, I I have been focused on this scripture. Matthew 6, 34 says, so do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't, don't worry about what your marriage looked like yesterday because yesterday's yeah. in the past. Don't worry what it's going to look like tomorrow because tomorrow's got its own struggles. Yeah. Yeah. Focus on what it's going to look like today in the present moment and build the best marriage in front of Christ centered around him. You can each day as it comes. And write it out and make it plan. Habakkuk 2-2, like write it down. What do you expect out of your marriage? What do you want it to look like? Um, acknowledge the fact that what you want is not always what God wants, <laughs> but to write it down and say, this is the biblical standard that I am sticking to. And I will pray over my significant other. I will do Bible studies. We will plan to even do the version app where you guys don't even have to sit in the same room. Don't get comfortable there because that's not where God wants you. That's not where you're going to build that deep conversation with your significant other, but start there. Like just decide that you're putting Christ in the center and you're going to get comfortable being uncomfortable together. And that it's yeah, together. Yeah. Cause most of the things that we do um, that now we've made a practice, like praying over each other and talking about the Bible at first, it was really uncomfortable. At first, it's, it feels like you're ripping off a Band-Aid and you're exposing yourself in front of people. And it's funny because he's the very person that God put with you, dare I say, to expose to. Like, right. he's the one I should open up to. And yet the devil tries to stop that at every turn. So it's going to be really uncomfortable. But when it pops in your head, I'm going to pray over my husband. And then your heart starts pounding and you start going... Uh, what if I say something stupid? What if he makes fun of the way I pray? What if wh I don't say the right things? Whatever it is, go, nope, I rebuke you, devil. I'm going to do this. It's going to be uncomfortable, but the next time I do it, it's going to be even better. So like just making it a practice and a habit of smushing the devil's face into the ground makes me happy. Make him mad, make God happy. That's yep. the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, don't fear man. That's a fear of man. When yeah. you start deciding that you can't pray out loud over your husband because you're afraid of what he's going to think. Who are you more afraid of? Are you more afraid of God or are you more afraid of what your husband thinks of you? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of telling. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, okay. I do have to say Cody's superpower is words of wisdom. <laughs> like he, well, I forgot what we were talking about, but you asked Cody about, oh, how he helps you. And I'm like, Cody, you're so good at being her brain. Like when oh, yeah. her brain spirals, Cody steps in and goes, Kayla, calm down, stay focused, tunnel vision. Let's do this together. Like that's your superpower. He does so it's good. Amazing. His discernment is just off the charts. He doesn't see yeah. it, but I'm like, oh, there has to be discernment there because otherwise I'd be like way down the road and you'd be like, wait, where are you? Come back. Yeah. Okay, Cody, when you're right, like 99% of the time, and your gut is always right, that's discernment. Mm -hmm. And you're good at it. See, see, I told you. Yeah. 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 
Oh, oh my gosh. Thank you guys so much. Like, I feel like we covered so many different things, but it's so good because it's all important when it comes to having a biblical marriage. And that needs to be a goal for all of us is that we put Christ at the center and that we do this thing together because the devil wants nothing more than to rip apart, apart these twos. Like he doesn't want marriage to be a good thing. He wants to make it look like all these other different things and make it so against what Christ originally wanted that it, he, it, he's the Lord of those then. So thank you so much just for helping us get reset, maybe understand what biblical marriage is to begin with and just being vulnerable and open because that is really where people connect and where they're like, oh, I've totally been there. Now I have something that I can walk away with from listening to this and be able to help my marriage take that next step today in being more Christ-centered. So thank you guys so much. Thank you, Cody, for joining me. And just, yeah, this was fantastic. Thank you so, so much. It was fun. I'm glad you keep having us on and you haven't chased us away yet. Well, thanks for joining me and Cody again. This was fantastic. What a great conclusion to the beginning of our conversation last week. I, again, am just so blessed that God has given me the opportunity to share these sorts of conversations with you, stuff that people aren't necessarily talking about other places. And I just want to point you to Christ. I just have this heart to help you know that God loves you and God has the best for you even in your marriage. You don't have to just make it by. You don't have to hold it together for the kids. Like Christ has so much more for you and he can redeem anything. Absolutely anything. He redeemed us sinners. He saved us by his grace. Like if he can redeem that, he can redeem anything. I don't want you to give up. I don't want you to give up if things are hard. I don't want you to give up if it seems like there's no hope. I want you to run to Christ, to sit at his feet, and to just share everything with him. He knows, but he wants to hear it from you. He needs that surrendered heart. And as soon as you surrender that, he is going to pick up your face, look you with loving eyes right into yours, and just remind you that he is in control and that he has got this. And as we concluded today, that was just what my heart wanted to just remind you. Whether you're in a hard spot at the moment or whether things are great, like don't quit. If things are great, don't quit. Keep doing the things that God is asking you to do in your marriage, in your relationship with him. Just keep following hard after Jesus and he is going to give you exceedingly abundantly more than you could ever ask for or imagine. I pray today that you again remember how loved you are by Christ, that you remember that he is for you and not against you, that he has your best plans ready. He's got them ready for you. He is just waiting for you to say, all right, Lord, let's do this and taking that step in obedience. So thank you again to Ken and Rachel for just their willingness to come on and chat about this topic and just their vulnerability. Man, it is just such a great thing to have um, people in our lives that we get to share with you that are willing to just go there and share what's good, what's bad, and what's working and what's not. So I pray that you were as blessed by this conversation as I was, and I will see you back here next week 
on Wednesday for a new episode of the Confidence in Christ podcast. In the meantime, make sure you check out my website. There are lots of new things all the time. There's lots of new um, just products, I guess you could say, that will help you deepen your relationship with Christ. They're all very, very affordable, but they're just um, workbooks and just worksheets, all those sorts of things. So check those out. Check out the blog. Um, Follow me on Instagram. I've got lots of things I try and encourage you with and just point you towards Jesus there as well. I'd love to hang out, love to hear from you. So don't be afraid to message me as well. I'll talk to you again next week. Want to hear more personal and applicable ways to have more confidence in Christ? Check out the daily CCKs, two to three minutes to start your day off with confidence-filled scripture. Until next time, authentically share your confidence in Christ with others.